Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Hi, welcome back. It's another conversation. Today I want to do some breaking down of the semantics of being authentic, of living your true life. Because there are people out there who, for a multitude of reasons, are choosing not to live authentically. And I'm not sure that they're doing it purposefully to be, you know, deceitful. I think there's a lot at play there. I think they're very unaware, uncomfortable, and not quite on board with who they are. I remember parts and pieces of my past where I think I have shown up into a new situation or temporarily thought about, you know, who I wanted to be in that moment. And I shared with you, you know, back in episode zero, the number of times I've relocated in my career, my early uh, retail management career. And I had a store manager say, you know, every time you relocate, every time you start over, you should think about how you want to be perceived differently or what you want to do differently or be known differently than the last place you were at. And I, that was more self-reflection and, you know, more about how I wanted to show up and who I was growing into. I don't think I was necessarily being inauthentic, but I thought it was really important that we talk about this a little bit today, because I do think there are people out there that have never really been 100% true to themselves, and maybe don't know that that's the case. And it's also very important, I think, for us to help identify this in others. But I started with the dictionary. I feel like this we should always start, we get a new word. And let's face it, it's easier today because you can just type the word in the little box and the definition pops up. I, on the other hand, I've told you my story about my lecture typewriter and having to go to the library. So yeah, I'm old. We knew this. Um, but if you look up authentic, it talks about a definition of an adjective, not false or copied, being genuine or real. Good deal. The next definition down talks about being authenticated, unquestionable, verified. The next one is representing one's true nature or beliefs, true to oneself or to the person identified. 
It goes on talking about entitled to acceptance or belief because of agreement of known facts, experience, reliable, trustworthy. That's where we, I think, sometimes draw in when we speak about others as being fake, because that is when at some point they have let us down or shown us, oh, you weren't who I thought you were. And I think that's when we really start to feel like they've been inauthentic with us. So I found this really great E.E. Cummings quote, and it talks, uh, it says, it takes courage to grow up and turn out to be who you really are. It takes courage to grow up and turn out to be who you really are. And I have to tell you, that hit me like a ton of bricks because that is who I deal with as an educator all of the time is people dealing with the what. What am I supposed to do? What classes am I supposed to take? What should I major in? What am I going to do next? You know, can you look at my resume and make sure it has on it what it's supposed to have? Not the who I am or the why I'm interested in these things or how I would go out and, you know, live a true life. And I have just beat it into your heads if you're a longtime listener about how I feel about our education system is more about standardization. It's more about checks and balances and holding people accountable and making the system look infallible than it is true exploration and letting children grow up discovering who they are and why they want to do things and the why behind the things. And as parents, unfortunately, we are not doing a good job in this crazy, crazy, crazy world of switching off the helicopter blades and just letting the um, the exploration happen. So the authenticity and being true to yourself is really, to me, about the courage. And I think with anything The longer you put it off, the later in life you do it, the more established that you are in whatever place you've been in, the harder this will be. So the word courage there, I think, is truly appropriate. And I think one place that it's easy to make an analogy as to where this shows up is about our professional versus our personal selves. And nothing has been more true for that for me this year. This has been a very odd year for me for a few reasons. And I've shared that on the podcast a few different times, talking about my previous role, where it was a great role. I loved my job. I didn't like the culture. I was not a good fit in the culture. So that was a lot of friction. And now I'm in a role which is on paper, not where I would belong, But I'm really, truly able to impact things at a greater scope and multitask and constantly be thrown all of these different hats to wear and all these different balls to juggle. And it is the best for me. And I look back over time and think that's where I started. That was that Walmart retail career. I started that way. Like you never knew what was coming at you and everything was kind of just coming out of the fire hose at, right in your face all the time. I thrived in that as kind of how I got my adult professional teeth cut, if you will. Like that was my training. And then you have to jump into these silos when you get into education. And I just don't do well in those. It's no reflection on anything other than I just don't do well. And I can't tell you how many discussions I've had about 
what we would wear in the classroom. You know, if you wear jeans, students won't learn. And please make sure you're dressed business professional so students are inspired to be professional. And I'm living my best life, having my best, uh, most rewarding career, impacting lives at a different level and feeling like I'm doing a pretty good job at it based on the feedback. I don't know. I could be just really stinking it up, but it all seems to be going well. And I'm like in leggings and slippers and, you know, oversized t-shirts or hoodies all day. So (laughs) when I take a look at what professionalism means, I think about it as coming into a role with your intentions, your authenticity, your energy, your follow through. That is to me professionalism. I struggle with people who have such boundaries that you never really get to know if you know those people or not. And I haven't run across many of them because as you can imagine, I am a lot to those people and those people are not enough for me. So in between, we don't necessarily meet and spend a lot of time together. That is just an organic reaction. But when I am forced to be with those people, I never truly know how to read them. And like anything else, if you handed me a book written in a different language, I would lose my attention span with it about three words in. That is how I feel about those people. And that is one indication to me that I'm doing pretty good on my authenticity level. And I think that sometimes this modeling of what it means to be professional versus your casual self I think that's important. I do. I, you cannot come rolling up into work and be the way you are, like with your friends or your kids or your spouse or whatever. I'm not I'm certainly by no means saying that, but I feel like being in a professional setting gives you a reason to latch on to a persona of yourself. Um, I see people do that with their resumes all the time. I see them do it with job descriptions. I see them do it again. Like I said, their clothing and their work self. Um, I see it on LinkedIn a lot. And I think when people are trying to advance in their career or live up to what they feel like professional expectations are, then they tend to see themselves as not worthy, not good enough, like having to be lived through a different vessel. And I think that's also very unhealthy. I'm not sure that that's good. So Maybe we're getting away from that. We're peeling back the onion a little bit with this work from home, Zoom lifestyle, everybody's cats walking across, you know, business meetings (laughs) and different things. Like maybe we are going to be more comfortable as ourselves, showing up as ourselves, and that will bleed over into our ability to perform or to measure up or to belong, whatever that is. Hopefully we don't retreat back into these, you know, professional behaviors. Again, it's a fine line. I'm certainly not saying like, don't dress up for work and don't, you know, feel good about yourself. Always, if I have a presentation or some big event, you know, I'm always going to dress nicer and, you know, put on a little bit of mascara, whatever it takes, because you do want to feel confident and feel good and not have to worry that you, you know, don't measure up at first glance. Cause we all know people judge you. We, we get that. I'm just saying like as a general rule, right? So again, this courage, starting with yourself and viewing yourself as constantly evolving, a work in progress, but building these identities through trial and error, understanding your personal style, understanding, you know, how 
to fit in but not lose yourself. All of those things I think are so important. And it is truly where we struggle and it happens unfortunately, about the time we break away from education the first time. So I feel like we give up one kind of constraint for another. And where does the true self come in? Like, where do we get to really understand who we are without all the boundaries and the rules and the societal norms and the trying to fit into the culture you're in? And honestly, like, you don't ever really get away from that. So you have to find some sort of a balance. Um, There's a great Harvard Business Review article called The Authenticity Paradox. And it talks about like being true to yourself. But which self do you mean when you say that? Which is something I tell you all the time. I want you to live your best life. Understand yourself. Know yourself. Love yourself. Well, which self are we talking about? Because again, when I talked to you all about um, Covey and the seven habits, and we talked about roles and goals, we have so many different roles that we play. And we evolve throughout these different roles when we add new roles, or we leave certain roles. Every one of those roles has a part of you, but it doesn't have all of you. So how can you really be certain? And that is a huge question to constantly be grappling with. And I think it's really important because I'm willing to not be, you know, all of myself in in every situation. I think that's super important. Um, but I also can't continue to lose myself so often that I end up losing myself overall. Then you have to figure out how to maintain coherence between what you feel and what you say or do, because you don't want to lose credibility with others. Because remember that definition of authenticity talks about trust and credibility, but you also don't want to do that yourself. And it's really, you know, there's that thing about showing up and I hate the fake it till you make it thing. I absolutely despise that. I heard the mistake it till you make it. And I love that, especially for leaders or people that manage others, you have to be willing to allow folks to make mistakes and admit when you've made yours. But making sure that you are consistent with your credibility and being true to yourself as well. And then making value-based choices. So kind of understanding yourself and knowing that you're going to fluctuate a little bit when you're in your authenticity, you do have to have your moral compass, right? You do have to have the things that are like non-negotiables for yourself. And those are the things that you really want to establish as you have these different roles, that your values go along with you, and that those are the constants. And I think that's how you maintain your own authenticity, how you stay true to yourself, and how you remain consistent when you have all of these different, you know, sometimes confusing and conflicting roles. Because that is very odd to me sometimes, how much of a juxtaposition those things can be. But what I realize is this person has this figured out for themselves. It's not for me to judge, clearly. Testing what you believe is really, really, really important, especially things that you believe about yourself. But authenticity is really more about when someone believes in what they say or how they act, being consistent with their beliefs, falling in line with what they believe. When we talk about an inauthentic person, we are talking about somebody who is also able to stand up and say what they believe. It may be not be consistent. It may just be what they believe in that moment. And 
it could be what they're passionate about at that time. I have a friend in my past who was like, we called her the chameleon because if she was with you and you liked purple, she loved purple. She'd even buy purple stuff while she was with you. Then if she was with another friend the next day and that person's favorite color was yellow, that was her favorite color. Like we would call her out on that stuff all the time until we realized she did not see that she was doing that and didn't notice it as it being inauthentic to herself. She thought she was being nice. She thought she was supporting her friends. That is somebody that is really codependent and it was losing herself in that. And the more we would try to talk to her about it, the more confused she would get. (laughs) So then you have to stop and realize, A, I'm not your therapist and B, you're not ready for this lesson. So you have to truly look at the real character of a person And what is behind what they do or what they say? Because there are people out there who are super polite, but they have a good motivation for it. There are people out there who are super fake and don't have a good motivation for it. I think you can get those two confused, right? Politeness, fakeness, very easy to do. So the Psychology Today article talked about psychologists say that by definition, Authentic people process a number of common characteristics that show that they are psychologically mature and fully functioning as human beings, which is good to know, (laughs) fully functioning. So what does that mean to be psychologically mature and a fully functioning human being? Because that's the first question I had when I read that sentence is like, do I, is there a checklist? Because I need to know right now. The first thing is, do they have realistic perceptions of reality? Realistic perceptions of reality. Okay, so this is a tough one in a pandemic, folks. This is a tough one (laughs) because we all have real deep perceptions and opinions and lots of things going on um, in the world for us to have reactions to. But overall, is your perception of reality very realistic and grounded in reality and facts. And I think, all jokes aside, we know people who definitely are like, yes, very realistic people. Then you know people that are like overly pessimistic or overly optimistic. And then you know some people that are just off the charts on both, you know, just out of control. So I think realistic perceptions is good. Are they accepting of themselves and other people? This is another one right now. Sticky point, right? Accepting of themselves and other people. So I think there's a reason that this psychologist wrote this in this order. Accepting of themselves and other people. Because I find that the harder people to love are the people who don't love themselves. The people who have given themselves grace and have humility and introspection are very easily um, empathetic people. They're very good listeners. They, they, they seek first to understand as often as possible. Those are the people that I think are on a good journey. Um, so I always look to that. Like, how do you speak of yourself? How do you talk about yourself? How do you present yourself? Um, and I'm not talking about showing up looking like a slob because I'm going to tell you today, you would not think I was very accepting myself, but I'm super comfortable But it's sometimes those people that have that veneer. We talked about that when we talked about narcissists. You know, if if you're too put together, then you've got on a shield or something. Like, you have to really, you can't judge a book by its cover. Can't judge authentic people by their, 
you know, suit and their armor, you really have to get a good sense. Is this just a thing with you? Or is this a consistent, like common trend going on with you? The third thing, they're thoughtful. Yes, that goes right along with these things, right? I'm grounded in reality. I'm accepting of myself and other people. I'm thoughtful. Number four, they have a non-hostile sense of humor, which that one I have to always kind of like giggle at because I'm super sarcastic and often have to even question myself. Like, am I being sarcastic because I'm trying to be mean, but I don't want to be mean. So I am mean and then I laugh and then call it sarcasm. I don't necessarily think that's true um, all the time. but I have to be careful with this one, but I'm never really truly hostile through my sense of humor because I'll be honest with you. I have zero hesitation calling anyone out. If it's something I believe that's my Enneagram eight coming out again and my ability to communicate, I can talk someone down. I can talk someone into any different, any different position. Usually I can talk them away from me. I talk enough, but yeah, I know the non-hostile sense of humor that feels again, like going back to that narcissism. The next one is, are they able to express their emotions freely and clearly? That's another one being able to express their emotions. Are they open to learning from their mistakes and do they understand their own motivations? Those are seven things from this article. Perceptions, realistic perceptions of reality, accepting of themselves and other people, thoughtful, non-hostile sense of humor, able to express their emotions, open to learning from their mistakes and understanding their motivation. I would love to tell you that I rock all of those all the time. I don't think that's true, but I'm fairly consistent and I'm fairly on the healthy side of those things for the most part. (laughs) Um, But I think what we're looking for here is people that are not spending too much time outside of these parameters. So, you really want to identify if someone is not being true to themselves. Inauthentic people are typically very self-deceptive and have very unrealistic perceptions of reality. So the deception, I think, is very key. It's not the unrealistic perceptions of reality necessarily. It's the deceptive, self-deceptive and having unrealistic perceptions of reality. So it's not fully understanding, like, you know, we sometimes say read the room, or you have to be more self-aware, or you have to understand how what you do impacts others. These people don't get that. Because again, we go back to other episodes, I've talked about the fact that it takes all of this energy, all of this effort, all of this bandwidth for you to work on this persona, whether you realize it or not. And that is where you lose that self-awareness. People who often look to others for approval or value, right? Approval or looking to others to feel valued. Now, again, you can do this in new situations. You can do this with people that you trust. You can do this when you're feeling vulnerable, but this cannot be a standard operating place for you. So constantly looking to others for approval and to feel valued. And if you do find that there are people looking to you constantly for this approval or validation, sorry, that was a tough one to get out for some reason, then you have to wonder why it is they feel okay coming to you. So think about that too. People that are judgmental of other people 
are usually borderline or living an inauthentic life. The hostile sense of humor, do not think things through clearly, right? The people that constantly screw up, get themselves in these sticky situations, constantly need to be bailed out. That goes back to their perception of reality. They don't understand consequences. They don't understand the flow of action and reaction, and they're constantly need to be bailed out, whether it's financially, emotionally, um, just those things that you, you constantly see them not learning from their mistakes, not understanding their motivations, not caring either. So you really have to take a look at what is behind what a person says and what they do. Is it defensive? Is it self-deceptive? Is that their approach to life? then if that's the case, they're ultimately not being true. They're ultimately not living in an authentic situation. And you really want to see people that are introspective, open-minded. They're not defensive. Those are the people you want to look for. And honestly, I truly believe this, not to get too you know existential, but I believe if you are doing this, if you are making an effort to be as authentic as possible, those inauthentic people will not be attracted to you. They will not stand around you very long, but other people who are making an effort will. And I think we all see that in one another. I think that this is why I've constantly said on these podcasts, as you get older, your circle gets smaller. As you get older, what you qualify and determine a friend versus an acquaintance versus like your tribe shifts. And some of that I think is because we finally get to a place. And I don't know if it happens because of age, experience, if it's some of us, it's becoming a parent. Other times we um, have met more access to more information. Maybe it's through therapy. Maybe it's, you know, Oprah was on, she had a good 30 some year run. I don't know, whatever it is that got us here. As we get older, we are, we have less time for fake and inauthentic people, which I think is super healthy. It's very healthy. But when you feel like that you're trapped, when you feel alone, if you feel like you're undervalued or you're not being seen or heard, these are times where you have to understand you have somehow gotten yourself into a position, a job, a friendship, a relationship a pattern of inauthenticity, right? But you're breaking out of that, trying to be more authentic. So when that does happen, because this metamorphosis has to happen at some point, right? This caterpillar um, has to to get out of the cocoon. (laughs) I'm just very much into these analogies today, but hopefully you, you have a very good picture of a butterfly. The butterfly... I feel like I need some sort of sitar in the background while I do this. But the the butterfly is like the self-actualized, authentic person, right? But getting to the butterfly, you are going to start to be more aware of some situation you've gotten yourself into. You're going to be exhausted because you're going to be trying to please other people. You're going to have these fake personalities. You are going to be sacrificing some of your really true self, whether it's your morals and beliefs or your desires or your dreams, your happiness, you're going to want to take some of that back. You are really going to be tired of like trying to please other people. 
And all of this is going to start causing friction with you. The more you get to do what I've been telling you is what should be your focus. Not pleasing other people, not trying to smile in the face of pain, not trying to be socially accepted, not trying to fit in, not looking at a job on paper and thinking that's what I should do, not listening to other people chart your course. You need to have your self-worth based on who you truly are, how you're wired, why you are the way you are, and what will make you happy. And that's what you should be going out and doing. And it's hard to to start to break away from these old habits, especially if you've let them go on for very long. And I will say, I look back on those moves, right? I worked for Walmart for 10 years and I moved to six states. I had 13 addresses. That was a lot of opportunity for me to reevaluate. That advice I got from that first manager was life-changing. It was life-changing because what 23-year-old packs up and moves to a new place and shows up more vulnerable than she was at the last place. That just, that was not going to happen for me naturally. I don't think I was wise enough. I still maybe I'm not to have figured that out on my own. And every single time I lived up to my new set of expectations and kind of shed some old habits and started to emulate things that my mentors were doing to be successful and started treating people as the most valuable part of my day versus the bottom line and the X's and O's and the profit and lot statement. That's when I realized that I was successful by my own definition, not by someone else doing my annual review. And that's ultimately what led me out of working in that environment because I started to realize taking care of people, building people up, pouring into people, identifying and seeing things in people they haven't seen in themselves is what fueled me. It's what made me happy. And I could focus on that and I could forget about ever being bored. I could forget about just the daily grind. I could forget about like sometimes stress. Like I don't need other people to make me feel like I'm doing okay, but it is nice (laughs) to be able to say, my why in life is to help other people. My why in life is to educate them and help them find a happier place. And when that happens, I can feel good about it. So I am not necessarily putting myself or my happiness on their shoulders, but I I am happy when that happens because that is my why. So that's different, I think, than giving other people responsibility for my own happiness because you cannot do that. You cannot have a passive approach to making sure that you are living your best life. You can't tie yourself to someone else who appears to be successful or confident or together and think, oh, just standing here as, you know, close proximity or being this person's partner, I'm going to be in good shape. That's not how that works. No one is responsible for your life but you. The only person that can make you feel fulfilled and know that you're living an authentic life is you. So you have to set those expectations. You have to set those goals. You have to constantly be in reflection about what that means. And then you have to challenge yourself to live up to it. That's when you feel empowered. That is what I want for you. So when we talk today about authenticity, you want to get more out of your mind 
into your heart. Like get out of your own way, stop overthinking and start feeling. It's getting out of the what and into the why. That means getting out of your head, out of worrying about what things look like, what people think and get into your why, get into the mindfulness, feel what your heart feels, feel what makes you happy. Just last episode, in episode 32, when Emily Hupp talked about when she speaks to groups, she says, like, what are the three things that you enjoy? What makes you the happiest? And then go do those. And then as you're making, like, I'm going to go back to my little caterpillar. That caterpillar has to, you know, live the right caterpillar life, get in the cocoon, you know, eat all the things, get in the cocoon, do the little, you know, metamorphosis, whatever, to be the butterfly. Your work is a little bit differently because ultimately, again, just like Emily said last episode about her mom telling her as a seventh grader, like, you're going to need to get better friends. I had this conversation with my mom multiple times in my life is you need to deliberately remove anyone who is not supportive, that is toxic, that is that narcissist that is pulling you in to those inauthentic things, causing you to have maybe a distorted reality or causing you not to feel comfortable in your own skin. And you really have to take a look at folks. And we've talked about this throughout these episodes in terms of you know setting good boundaries. Overall, you just cannot avoid yourself. You really need to sit with yourself and find ways to get to know yourself. And I know that sounds crazy, but we're all really bad at it. (laughs) And that's why I continue to bring it up, whether it's journaling or therapy or whatever works for you. Sit with yourself, meditate, breathe, go for walks, turn off the noise, whatever that is, you have got to learn how to be comfortable with yourself, Um, figuratively and literally, right? Those are important important, important words. So you need to like yourself and stop trying to be likable. Stop trying to be loved by others and love yourself because that is truly going to help you love other people better. And it will make you more lovable. I know that's crazy, but it will. And I know you know what I'm talking about. So if we get anything out of this, talking about being more authentic If you feel like you're working on it and you're in a good place, good. Keep it up. It is something I work on every single day is that authenticity. It is that self-acceptance. It's constantly monitoring myself, holding myself to accountable for the things that I think are important. And believe me, I let myself down more often than not. And I'm harder on myself than I am anyone else. But I honestly just turned that back around thinking it's because I can be. I love myself enough. I have high expectations of myself. I sit with myself, but I have to, I cannot allow myself to get in that self-loathing. I can't allow any shame for, you know, like I have to literally go from being hard on myself to forgiving myself because then we have to move on because you just, you, you find that you don't like how that feels and you want to get away from it. And the best way to do that is to, in all honesty, just forgive yourself, be honest with yourself, show yourself grace. And I've started putting that 
in emails and correspondence to people. When somebody comes and they want to apologize or they've messed up or something bad happens or they ask for something, an extension or, you know, anything, I always say, thank you for allowing yourself the grace to do this. Because I think that that is so key. We have to get better with that. We have to get better at allowing ourselves grace. I would give grace to people throughout my life far more than I would to myself. And that's not healthy. That is not healthy. So hopefully this was a good reminder of just the authenticity and how important that is, how easy it is to get lost from it or feel distanced from it, how much of a constant role you play in self-awareness, self-reflection, monitoring yourself, but it all kind of starts with like, what are your guide rails for yourself? Like what, what path is it that you want to go down? And what is your why? What do you want to be known for? Like whatever you want to start with, you know, Covey starts with begin with the end in mind. You know, what do you want to be remembered about? Like how, however you have to get that started for yourself. And if you are really, truly feeling lost, if the things I talked about today feel unattainable, if they feel heavy, if they feel foreign, then you need to stop right here and figure out where can I go to get help with this? Because if this all feels like, you know, to me, I talk about these things and I think, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm certainly not perfect, but I get this stuff. And it's just like talking about that, like, humor. Am I am I being biting? Am I being negative? Am I hiding things behind the sarcasm? The fact that I'm asking myself those questions, super important. If you don't know where to start with this, if you feel overwhelmed, if this feels like a lot, then I would really, truly urge you to figure out what feels good about the next step. Is it talking to somebody? And when I say talking to somebody, it could be a career coach. It could be a psychologist, therapist. It could be um, getting a couple of books to help you guide yourself through this. It could be the journaling. It could be going back and listening to my other 32 episodes. You Only you know where you are and how far away you are with this. I cannot express enough that when I think about this pandemic, I feel like about the pandemic, the way I feel about social media, it is certainly the cause of a lot of disruption. But I feel like the one thing this pandemic has done has been an accelerant of some of that. So it is not that we were never going to redesign the workforce. We just weren't going to get there as quickly as we did because of COVID. Maybe we have to say, hey, I've been given this opportunity to distance literally, figuratively, socially, physically, whatever. Um, I've given this opportunity to have different kinds of conversations with the people I care about. I've given this opportunity to spend more time and I'm feeling very anxious or I'm feeling very depressed or I'm feeling energized or whatever it is that you're feeling. These are the times to ask these questions. I am certainly not saying that I'm glad that we are in the middle of a global pandemic. That would be, that is not true. But do not, what is, I heard today, don't let this crisis um, be a missed opportunity for you. Don't let what's going on outside the world, as chaotic as it is, that is so far outside of your circle of control, distract you from your circle of control. 
this is the time to really invest in yourself and invest in those close to you, which I will tell you the best investment I make in my family is the one that I start with inside myself. So hopefully this makes sense to you. And hopefully this was a good review of what we mean when we talk about living an authentic life, being authentic, because it is confusing. It is confusing to be true to yourself, but to have a professional persona. That's why we talked to Paul, to my student Paul, when I brought Ray on um, in episode 28. Paul had these questions about how are we true to ourselves if we have professional lives and we're a certain way with our friends when we go out and we're this way, because that is really a question of life, is it not? But going out... And, and I think I may have told this story. Like I remember my dad was an electrician growing up and I remember one morning walking into the kitchen and he was on the phone with one of the construction managers talking and using a ton of profanity because that's how they talked on job sites, apparently Um, to a seven year old girl. I just stood there with my mouth open. Like what is happening to my dad right now? (laughs) And he got off the phone. He's like, Oh, sorry, but that's the way I have to talk at work. And I look back on that now, and I've looked back on that conversation many times in my life, and I think, no, that's how you choose to talk at work. Like, you all, that is who you are, honestly. You're choosing not to be that in front of your child, which, you know, high five, good work there, buddy. But you can't say, I have to do that at work, when that's not really the case. Like, he justified in his mind, I'm going to fit in that way, but... That was one of many things in the bucket of let me do this when I'm around the guys or around the job. So everybody thinks that I'm okay because my dad was carrying, and for a lot of good reasons, a lot of imposter syndrome. But those things are super easy to get cloudy. They're easy to justify. And then all of a sudden you look up in five years and you're on some sort of a pattern. And, and that's not good. So those are the reasons I felt like it was important just to to stop and let's talk about the word. Let's get into the semantics of authenticity, true, being true to yourself, living a true life, living in your truth and doing the best that you can for yourself. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you got good reminders. Hopefully this was an easy way to kind of revisit um, the, the calibration that you might need. I will put the links to the uh, couple articles that I referenced and some other things in the show notes. I hope you go out and have a great week and hit me up if you have questions, comments, any feedback, ideas for future episodes, anyone you would like to suggest beyond. I adore hearing from all of you. You have no idea how much it means because usually it's just me and the microphone And again, I joke all the time that I love the sound of my own voice, but I also love hearing from you all. So whether it's the Facebook group, if you find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, I'm really kind of bad with Instagram. I'm trying so hard, though. I'm trying so hard to be better. And obviously my website, goldenticketprof.com. Thank you for listening and go have a great week.